So our vision statement was up at the end of that. People being forever changed by God's love and daily changing the South Shore and beyond for Jesus. That's how we want to be known. That's who we are becoming. 30 years ago this morning on a Labor Day weekend, we held the very first service of North River Community Church in a few rented rooms in the old Pembroke Community Center. What I didn't know for some 10 or 12 years after that is that our very first service very nearly didn't happen. Uh, Our 10-person steering committee had been praying and planning for all of six weeks. We didn't know any better than that. And uh, the community center in Pembroke provided the best option for a relatively cheap space for us to, to meet in and where we felt we could start and grow a little bit. But since this was a town-owned building, a three-member board of selectmen had to vote as to whether or not a church group could use that space on a Sunday morning. And it looked like it was about to go down in flames. I was told 10, 12 years later that the vote was actually two to one against letting North River meet there. And all of a sudden, there was a woman who was attending that meeting named Kathy Reed who spoke up. Now, I knew Kathy Reed. She grew up in the same church that, that I grew up in in Weymouth. Her younger brother had been a friend of mine. And she was involved in town politics. And she spoke up and she said, well, uh, I've known the Atwater family since the time Paul was a little boy. And I'll vouch for him. And I'll vouch for North River. I don't know anything about their church, but I'll vouch for them. And on the heels of that, the vote swung from two to one against to two to one for, and, and we got to, to rent that space. I ran into her about 10 or 12 years after, and she said, did you ever hear about the night that uh, you guys almost didn't get to meet there? I, I couldn't believe it. That was, that was hilarious. Now, here's what's fascinating about that story. None of us at North River even knew that this kind of vote was even taking place or that Kathy was there or that Kathy had spoken up on our behalf. But behind the scenes, what we were doing was the only thing we knew how to do. We were praying that God would open doors for us. And there's a theme here that I think is going to run through what I'm saying this morning. But God worked through our prayers and through Kathy's words to open those doors And we didn't even have a clue of what God was doing for more than 10 years. This is one of many stories that illustrate the main point I want to get across this morning. That our God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Our scripture for this morning is Ephesians chapter 3, two verses, verses 20 and 21. Very often you only hear these verses when somebody quotes them at the end of a church service as a benediction. A benediction is a Latin phrase that means a good word for the people or over the people that usually comes at the very end. But here's the interesting thing. This is not a benediction. It's actually technically called an ascription of praise, and it comes at the end of a prayer that Paul includes in the middle of his letter at the end of the third chapter of a six-chapter long letter. It's sort of the theological high point of the whole letter, and what follows after that are practical instructions for the Christians in the church in Ephesus. This is what Paul wrote. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray over that. God, thank you for allowing us to celebrate. Thank you for giving us challenges in your word that there are times when 
when the, the church or the people of God were instructed to celebrate you and to remember your goodness and your greatness. Thank you for the celebration that went on back in Nehemiah's day where it says in the scriptures that the celebration was so loud that they heard the cheering and the singing outside the city. And I pray that our neighbors would hear us cheering you on today and thanking you with loud praises and with great joy. And we pray that your grace will continue to spread over all kinds of people. Thank you for everybody's spiritual trajectory and the pathway that you've been taking us on. Some of us have been around here for a very long time, and some of us are very new to this congregation. But we're all captured by the same thing. We want to know the God who really cares about people and the God who intervenes and sometimes invades our lives in order to shower us with grace and sometimes with redirection when we're on a destructive or misguided path. Thank you for the many ways that you have guided our pathways to where we are today. As individuals, we needed you to speak into our lives. We needed you to provide new direction. We needed you to put people in our pathways who would provide some corrective measure. Sometimes you rescued us from absolutely shipwrecking our lives. Thank you for directing us as a church. There are times when we have done things in our own steam, in our own wisdom, and it falls far short of yours. And there are other times when we had that clear sense that we were sailing along absolutely being driven by your spirit and by your wisdom. And we pray for a continuing sense of, of your leadership in the midst of this church, that, God, you would be glorified, that Jesus would be honored in every possible way, and that we would grow in your favor and like the early church did, with the favor of all of our neighbors as well. Help us as we continue to try to to reach out beyond these walls and, and serve in many ways. Bless this time of celebration and learning here this morning too. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's the very simple big idea that I want to get across this morning. God is able to do, to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine throughout all generations. That is not a statement about the past. That is a statement that is meant to encourage our present. It's a statement that is meant to fuel our future. For the next few minutes, I would like to demonstrate how God has done immeasurably more in the life of North River Community Church over the last 30 years. When we started out, our small steering team had no idea of exactly how this church would turn out. In fact, there were some months where we wondered if we would have a, a, enough money to keep going and pay the bills so that there would be another month. But we were in this together. And we wanted to start a church with a heart for reaching out to our unchurched friends, our unchurched neighbors, with the life-changing gospel of God's grace through Jesus Christ. Every Sunday, we tried to communicate in fresh ways using one biblical theme that we would illustrate verbally, visually, and musically. And each theme was arranged around basic principles of Christian faith that uh, somebody who had not been a part of the church would be able to understand, as well as providing elements for those who are long-term believers to take them deeper in their knowledge or in their faith. We are still trying to do that today. What I'd like to do is uh, bring up a friend of mine, uh, Bill Sharp, and I'm going to interview Bill for a few minutes to tell us what it was like to be one of those uh, previously unchurched folks who found Jesus through our ministry. So would you welcome Billy? So, Good morning. 
I remember talking with you about your story years ago. And if I can just sum up where, where we start from, you came from a home where church was not a big part of it. Jesus was not a, a huge part of it. Not yes, meaning to correct. say anything negatively that way. It's just the reality. And um, you also walked into a marriage where your wife, Kathy, had a deep and robust faith that kind of put you at odds uh, a little bit. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Sure. Um, is this on? You can hear me? Okay. So um, Paul's correct. I grew up in an unchurched, really an unchurched family. <clears throat> Met my lovely wife, Katie. Sorry, Katie Kathy. I call her Katie. You guys call her Kathy. Um, <laughs> uh, we got married. Her, her father was a Jesuit, studied to be a Jesuit, was in Jesuit for 10 years. So they grew up very Catholic. Um, and Katie, but Katie became a, uh, a Christian in high school. And uh, so when we got married, we got married in Ridgewood, New Jersey. We started going to a Catholic church. And to be quite honest, well, first off, there wasn't a whole lot of beach balls in the Catholic <laughs> church being thrown around. Um, but, uh, you know, I was kind of coming from an unchurched family. I was really kind of lost. I'm not dissing the Catholic religion. I, I was lost. I wasn't getting anything uh, out of uh, when we went on Sundays. You know, I struggled with the music and the worship. So... Um, that was the start of our journey. And then you get a job transfer to yes. Illinois, and uh, you kept noticing this traffic jam on Sunday mornings. And why don't you take it from there? Which what happened? Which was really incredible. And, you know, God moved us with, with me not even really knowing the reason why. And I love the reference to Willow Creek in the video. So we lived in an apartment complex that was on Algonquin Road in Chicago. And that road takes you to Willow Creek. And every, this is no lie, every Sunday, traffic would back up on Algonquin Road in front of our apartment complex. So just in case you one of the largest churches in, in America, that's what Willow Creek is. And it was like, whoa, what's going on? Why are these cars backed up? So one Sunday, Katie and I went to Willow Creek, and um, I guess that was really, we both found, and I found out even more, wow, this was really different than the Catholic Church. I, I, I never forget to this day. Um, the music, the drama, the drama was about three generations of a family going to a Cubs game and talking about traditions and passing it down. And I was like, light bulb went off. I was able to relate. And um, so that was the initial start. And then a few years later, you get transferred, you take a job here right. on the South right. Shore. And how did you get to North River? Well, that was interesting. Um, Katie's mom um, knew that we were going to move to the South Shore. We had started to look in Hingham before settling further in Duxbury, and um, she gave her the name of South Shore Baptist because Katie was looking to join a, uh, uh, a women's group, a uh, Bible study, and unfortunately it was on Wednesdays and she wasn't able to do it, but the woman, the receptionist that she spoke to said, asked her what type of church that we went to in Chicago. She referenced a non-denominational Christian church, Willow Creek, and said, you might be interested in um, a church in Pembroke called North River Community Church. And as soon as she put the phone down, she handed our baby to Mackenzie. I worked out of my house, and then she came over and met with Paul. And then you and I got into a conversation, a long conversation that took yeah. many different chapters it did. about faith. What do you remember? Well, I remember actually we, we actually had started on a golf course, um, the beginnings of it. Uh, 
members of the church we became friends with invited myself out to play golf uh, with Paul. This was David Vang. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have four and a half rounds of getting grilled by a pastor. And um, I'm like, wow, this isn't, but it wasn't that at all. No, because I was in the woods chasing my ball the whole time. Uh, we both were, we both were. But that's really kind of how it started. And, and you know, I ha you have four hours on a golf course. You talk about life, you talk about different situations. We talked about where I was before, not in great detail, but just enough for me to understand, you know, this guy's pretty cool. He's an athlete, uh, you know, he, uh, he can talk, we can talk t the talk and, and have some things in common, and I wasn't getting grilled. So that was really this, that was the real start of our journey. We started emailing, I started reading more, we started emailing back and forth questions. Um, and Paul, and it developed our relationship as, as true personal friends. What, what nudged you over that line where you came to the point where you put your faith in, in Jesus? Well, I think it was the total process. And, and again, no offense to the Catholic religion, but I saw what was there. And then I kind of took the building block steps of what North River and this non-denominational Christian uh, religion was about. And... Um, and I could relate. Um, so that was really kind of what put, put me over the edge. Plus the fact that I knew that um, my, my wife was a Christian. Um, our children were brought up in this, uh, in North River. And in July 1995, I think it was over an email. I think it was Paul's first testimonial that somebody came to faith over an email um, and uh, said, I think I get it. And then, um, we proceeded to get baptized together, Kath and I. So looking back on all that, you know, what has what that, how's that impacted you? What's, what's the benefit of walking with Christ for the last 20 plus years sure. in your life? Well, I, I mentioned um, our children coming through uh, North River. Uh, I have two wonderful children, a daughter who's married in Houston, um, a son who just graduated college. And... Um, and it really put the uh, foundational spirit in them, but not only me, and, and actually a, a kind of a nice testimonial to it where I didn't even realize this happened, but everybody's familiar with LinkedIn, or if you're not, it's a, it's a networking site. And people can put in references um, for you on LinkedIn. And I, it was, I don't remember if I was in between jobs, but it was a, it was a person that became a friend that I worked with and his reference was um, to the, to, it said, um, Bill's faith slash family first attitude allows him to um, constantly be able to handle any difficult business decision he has. And, and I'm going, holy cow, I, I'm, I'm not a big um, spiritual guy to talk my story to people, but I impacted him, and he impacted me, and, and that kind of hit me. It, it, really, it, it really hit me. So I'm doing something right. And he saw what God was up to yes. behind the scenes, yeah. Yeah. which is our theme for today. Yes, but I do have one more, okay. the last one. And this was most recent, and uh, about a couple months ago, and this just kind of summarizes my feeling for North River, the family, the community, the personal relationships I have. But... Um, but everybody knows Max, and uh, Max is just great. But a, a, a couple months ago, 
Tara just finished singing a song. And she was walking in, and Max jumped up and ran over to her and introduced her. He said, what's your name? I'm Tara. I'm Max. And Max said to her, that song you just sang made my heart sing. And, And then to boot, when he sat down, he turned around and said, it really did. And it was... You know, it just summarized it, and, and that's kind of what just really hit me. Thanks, Bill. Yep. Good stuff, man. Thank you. Thank you. So Bill's story gives us a picture of how God was doing immeasurably more in terms of our mission of reaching unchurched friends with the gospel. I want to unpack these two verses a little bit in Ephesians Chapter 3. What does it mean when we read these words immeasurably more? First thing we observe is that this is an action statement. It is telling us that God is able. And so verse 20 starts off by saying, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. So just follow the, the logic of what the Apostle Paul writes here. God is not only able, but God is able to do more. God is not only just able to do more, God is able to do immeasurably more. What a a fascinating term, immeasurably more. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask. Now, that doesn't put God in a box where he has to do everything that we ask. He's not a genie in the bottle. He's not at our control. But when we ask the right things that are in line with what God longs to do in the world, our prayers unleash some of those decisions that God's already made. But he's just waiting for his people to get on board with that. And God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. That's that's an amazing statement. That God is able to do more than you and I today, individually or collectively, can even imagine. Okay, the second part of that is, how does God do that? According to his power. So, verse 20, if we play it out a little bit longer, says, Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. God is able to work according to his power. The word rendered here as power is the word that gives us the English word dynamite. Uh, This is the explosive power of God. This is the kind of thing that can blow up old foundations and build new foundations. It can blow up the strongholds that hold you back spiritually in order to set you free and to allow you to move on. And there is something amazing about this power. When we think of the use of dynamite in in our time, in our day, there's always sort of a a handle with care part of that. Uh, I remember the last summer that I lived in Colorado, I I worked in the Uh, the largest fireworks warehouse in Denver County. I was scared to death death of that place. I had to work through July 5th, and they did half of their annual income in about four days' time. I couldn't believe how much money people spent on fireworks. And you know what my job was? One of my jobs was to walk through the building with literally hundreds and hundreds of people queued up in lines waiting to buy fireworks for July 4th, and find the people who had a cigarette hidden in their hand because they couldn't stop smoking. Here's this place that's just filled with gunpowder. And I had to be the heavy to walk through and say, put that thing out right now, or I'm going to throw your butt out of here. And I literally had to put it that way and speak with force because these people would say, oh, I'm not going to hurt anything. 
all it would take is one bottle rocket and the whole place would go up. So when I think of dynamite, the power of God that blows up destructive structures in our lives, that's what I think of. The power of God is a dynamic force capable of doing great things. And so Paul writes, this is his power at work within us. This statement about power is coupled with another term that explains the power at work within us. The word that's used there uh, speaks of the energizing power of God. He he energizes and he inspires and he, he moves us to get into action. So who's in view here? The next verse provides the context. Us is anybody who is part of the local church. Now, our world has a a very negative view of the church for the most part today. It's something that's boring. It's something that's a relic from the past. Well, not if it is energized and inspired by a living God. Not if it is energized by the very God who sent and raised Jesus. That's an explosive force for good. And that's what Paul was writing about. That's part of the reason why he was writing this ascription of praise, because he's envisioning what the church is and where the church is going to lead at the inception, uh, the earliest generation of the church's development. The next question that he responds to is, why? Uh, Why is God at work within us? Uh, Why is God willing to do immeasurably more? Well, the, the, the why is answered in verse 21. His glory is revealed in the church and in Jesus. So verse 21 says, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. The entire Bible revolves around the glory of God revealed in Jesus. The Old Testament provides the setting that displays God's redemptive work. That redemptive work is accomplished through Jesus Christ on the cross and and through the resurrection and through our faith in him. But notice that the church is connected to Jesus and God is glorified in the church too. The church is a source of God's glory. That is why it is here, Not, not to be boring, but to bring glory to God that is expressed through changed lives with people like you and me here today, with stories like Bill's story just a few minutes ago. God is glorified by a Jesus-centered mission where his people are doing his work. So think of it. Next Sunday, when many of us gather back here, I hope all of us gather back here, uh, we're gathering early in the morning to worship, but then we're going to go out and we're going to get our hands dirty. Don't come in your church clothes, come in your work clothes, because we're going to have fun getting our hands dirty for Jesus all over the South Shore. As we do that, we are going out, taking on a piece of his mission that hopefully sets some of the tone for the next year, and God is glorified not only in our worship within the walls, he is glorified when we are taking part in the mission outside the walls And next Sunday, we get to put all that together. And so I encourage you to definitely don't miss out on on next Sunday. And then the the, the last question that Paul responds to is, well, how long? Was this just something that corresponded to the early church, the first century church, the, the church of the original disciples and apostles? And he answers it, no. His intention is that God is glorified by this outworking of power, by Uh, his ability to respond beyond what we can imagine or ask throughout all generations, forever. Verse 21 then brings this home. It says, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. 
And with the sense that he's caught up with the power of what he's just written, Paul writes, amen, may it be so. Notice that Paul used the concept of generations here. Generations can refer to long eras of time, and so God will be glorified throughout all time. Generations can also refer to people groups, so that within us there are several different generations that are meeting right here today. And his intent is to work through all generations, both now and in the future. So God's power to do immeasurably more is available throughout all generations. That leads to the the main idea that we've already expressed a couple times. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine throughout all generations. I'd like to explore for just a few minutes what does immeasurably more mean for us and, and for us here specifically at North River and on this day. The first observation is that this informs our perspective and our celebration of the past. So as North River turns 30, the realization is that we have seen God's power at work in different ways. So this celebration in, in, a, in a many ways is really not about us. It is more about celebrating God working through us for an extended period of time. We've been blessed by God's faithfulness over a period of some 30 years now. Sadly, there have been local churches that I'm aware of in this, er- in this area that have launched and gone out of business and no longer exist during that same 30-year period of time. So simply because a group of people starts up and calls on the name of Jesus does not necessarily ensure that they will be successful. So we are grateful that, that God has hung in there with us all this time. And we want to praise God for what he has done in our midst. Our goal is to glorify God through Jesus by staying on mission. And the truth is we had no idea of exactly what God would do through us over time. But if we look back just at those videos of our our rather humble start, those of you who are around at the beginning, you know, you can say with me that God has done immeasurably more than we ever fully imagined would happen back in 1989. But here's the next part of that exploration. Immeasurably more points to this generational factor throughout all generations. And this coupling of phrases pulls us forward. When we started in 1989, we had very few resources and very little experience. None of us had ever planted a church before. Uh, I had a a bunch of friends who would say, what's your backup plan when this thing goes down? (laughs) And look what God has done. He has sent us people. He's provided resources along the way. Hundreds and hundreds of people have been impacted. We were meeting in corporate park, in the industrial park, for 13 years while we watched uh, industrial land prices just skyrocket. We actually made a pitch on this land. Uh, Jerry Cameron was with me and Alan Fisher, and, and we went to the people who own this land, and, and we pitched as much as we thought we could raise. And they literally said to us, please leave us alone. Your little church needs to be tucked away in a neighborhood somewhere. The problem is you have champagne taste and a Diet Coke budget. But they didn't realize what God was up to either. And just a few years later, they turned around and they gave us this entire piece of land, 44 acres of land, the last piece on a highway interchange between the Mayflower and just about the West Coast for $100,000 more than we offered that day. It's an amazing gift. An $8.5 million piece of property for $500,000. God did that. We didn't do that. 
And he has taught us hard lessons and joy-filled lessons along the way. So, building on that, imagine what God can do through his power in us as we look ahead. We celebrate the past so that we are ready to appropriately move forward and look ahead in life. What might happen if we use our current reality as a foundation for our future mission? Around here, sometimes we, we say this phrase, we see ourselves as saved by God, shaped by the Holy Spirit, and sent by Jesus in mission. Every single one of us, not just people who go on mission trips, not just the few people who've gone into full-time pastoral ministry or mission work that were in the video. Our mission statement tells about what we are doing, helping people who are far from God become fully developed worshipers and servants of Christ. Sometimes those people who are far from God have zero knowledge of the Lord and zero experience in a church from where they start. Sometimes those are people who have been a part of a church, but they've wandered far away and they are spiritually lost and confused and, and, and need a group of people to walk alongside of them in order that they can begin to sense where God is redirecting them again. And we want to take people, once they have that faith in Christ, and just about everything we're asked to do falls under the heading of how do we worship the Lord or how do we serve Him? And so we are openly trying to produce worshipers and servants. So that means that people who can't sing today and are terrified of raising their hands someday might because God is producing this spirit of worship within you. And even people who are intimidated by the negative sounding thought of, you want us to serve somebody? You want us to think of ourselves as servants? Are eventually going to get to the point of saying, I'm a servant of the King of Kings and there's nothing greater than being employed by him and directed by him and knowing that he has a mission for me that energizes my life and that sets me on fire. That's what we mean when we talk about servants. And our vision describes who we are becoming. People being forever changed by God's love and daily changing the South Shore and beyond for Jesus. And it's not just about us experiencing grace or forgiveness or peace in our lives, but as we are being changed, how do we impart that? How do we spread that knowledge? Because everybody needs that. And our world isn't filled and dominated by people who exude peace and grace and joy. There's a lot of hurting and a lot of negativity that's around us. And we want to take that as far as God will take us. So looking ahead, what could God do through his power at work in us if we are faithful for another 10 or 20 or 30 years? What if we were to see today as the launching pad for a new generation, a next generation? I want, I want to just send this signal out there. We are looking for young leaders around here, young leaders who are willing to be trained and developed. It doesn't mean that we're pushing other people aside, but we're realizing that next day is coming fast. And we're looking for people who are willing to serve the way that a generation has already been serving here for 30 years. And we are looking and praying for young leaders who will work side by side with those of us who are getting grayer. I heard you laugh when you saw my dark hair in that video. <laughs> and eventually take the baton and lead us into God's future blessings and run with the baton with full passion as if you are in a relay race and everything counts on your leg of the journey. It's okay to dream but the keys to future dreams are found in three things. First, 
faithfulness and hard work today. And so our celebration is a celebration of hard work, but it's also a challenge to keep working hard. Second, focusing on the mission at all times. We have not fulfilled the mission. We are partway through the journey. The mission goes on as long as there's life in our lungs, and breath in our lungs and life in our bodies. And the third is following through on commitments already made. Let's finish strong on the Vision 2020 commitments that we made, uh, that three-year project that will end next year sometime. If you've come on board over the last two years, how about if you think about join us by giving above and beyond to our Vision 2020 campaign. The next piece of that is already getting started in conversations behind the scenes. We're going to build an activity center where our teens and other ministries can roughhouse and they don't have to worry about breaking everything in here. We don't know exactly what that will be because part of that is dependent upon what we have to work with. Uh, But that's the next piece in this journey. And it's going to take more to do this well. That's just the natural reality of things. Prices go up over time. Plans need to be developed. Resources need to flow in. We knew that this last piece of it would not get completed just with what was pledged in the Vision 2020 campaign, that it would take more to think about what is going to happen in the future to really do that well. Think about it, talk about it, pray about it. You saw Todd and Gary up here. They'd love to talk with you about it. If you'd like to just come to them and say, how do I get in on this thing? I want to help make that happen. And then one last thought. How do we lean into the future? One symbol of our future focus has to do with our branding. And we decided a few months ago that it was time to refresh North River's logo. Our goal was to communicate the bold forward movement of North River's mission and vision. So our marketing team began to meet with our own Bill Whitehill, who uh, has done some of these things for, for others and in his business. And we wanted to take a fresh look at our logo in a way that honors the past, because we actually value a lot that has happened in the past and about the way we've communicated about ourselves, but yet also points to the future. And that meant that this wouldn't be just a slight tweak, but a new look. And we wanted to do this in light of our long-range strategy, which is summed up by three concepts, to reach, to grow, and to go. We've done this before. Uh, I'll show you a picture here, if we can, of our original logo. This was the original black and white logo that we started with. And then uh, that, that concept in there has the cross with the heart in the middle of it and the river. So it's meant to depict North River Community Church, but that we're, we're oriented around the cross of Christ and, and hopefully that we exude the heart of Christ as well. Um, several years later, uh, that was refreshed to look something like this next image. And, and so the same concept with our name built into that, the cross and the river and the heart are all in there. Uh, but it's a fresher look, same design, colorized, uh, put into a different shape and a different form. And we, we've run with this for a long time. Um, so the question would come, why now? Why, why change that? Well, we're celebrating God's faithfulness over the past 30 years, but we've also gone through a lot of change over the past 30 months. Fresh vision, uh, a long-range plan that's gotten clearer and clearer over time, staff transi- transitions, a shift to more of a missional model. We're not waiting for people to come to us. We're trying to get out into our community and be known for the way we serve. And so there's been a process that we've walked through. 
uh, we, a group of us went through this with, with Bill's guidance, and we went through three rounds of ideas. They call them ideations. That's a new one for me. And there were more than two dozen different designs that were looked at. After a long process, it was narrowed down to the five that rose to the top through that process. And then these five ideas were sent to a focus group of 45 people. The group was diversified, different generations, people of different genders, uh, North River folks, non-North River folks, young, old, all of the above. And the majority of the responses landed on a final version. And then that was tweaked a bit more based on the feedback that we got from the focus group. And there were some guiding thoughts that we had in this. So the, one, the one thing we said that has to remain is the cross has to be a part of this somewhere, somehow. But we, we gave Bill freedom to either tie into the past or to make it completely new, but we thought it should reflect something about how we think and talk about our church and, and how we re reflect on our church. Um, and we also added in, you know, our legal name is right there, North River Community, Community Church. But for 20 years on the web, we've been known as North River Church. It was a little bit less that you had to type in for our email addresses and all that. And yet, day to day, how do people usually refer to us? North River. So we have these three identities. Legally, North River Community Church. On the internet, we're northriverchurch.org. But in practical lingo, we're just North River. So, here's our new logo. Yeah. So, the longer you look at it, you notice some things about it. There are some ties to the past. The cross and the river are still in there, just shaped within the, the NR. But most people just need two words to describe us. We're not changing our legal identity, but the way we communicate about ourselves. Uh, can you show the other one with, with the North River Church? Just kind of simplifying all that. Now, these probably aren't final colors that you're seeing. It's where we wanted to uh, be able to unveil that today and to let you know we're trying to think through how do we connect with people, how do we uh, communicate of who we are. But here's the main message. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine throughout all generations. And we believe that God is going to continue to do more. You got a little card that I hope that you will keep. And uh, on the front has this really nice picture of our church and the, the full write-up of those two verses so you can remember what we talked about today. But we boil it down to just one slogan on the back side. This is our prayer, that God will do immeasurably more throughout all generations, that we would love to be an intergenerational church that impacts generations and generations to come. And when some of us are no longer a part of this church because we've aged out and we've handed off the baton to somebody else, that they will take this even farther down the road with the same mission, with a renewed vision, and with the heart of Christ running all through it. So we're going to celebrate here today. If you didn't know, we've got a lunch out on the, on the uh, I don't know what we call this, the side yard and under the, the tables here and the, and the tents in a little bit. And uh, we're going to sing one final song. I'm going to invite our ushers to uh, come and they'll receive this morning's offering. Uh, whether you give online or through our app or whether you give uh, this way in a material way, thank you for supporting North River through all the years. It really does matter. And um, celebrate with us. Uh, David and the team are going to come back and, and lead us in one final song. It's called God is on the Move.
And that's what we've been seeing.